Welcome to Passion Life Church. Today we're going to just continue this series that we've entitled simply Think. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about your thought life, about what you think about. And one of the goals of this series is really just to to say, hey, listen, let's stop for a moment and think about what we're thinking about. And today what I want to do in part three of this series is I want to talk about the connection between your mind and your spirit. The Bible uses this word soul. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And as you're turning there, I'm going to talk about some things and maybe refer to another scripture just to kind of introduce today. We're going to talk about the connection between your mind and your spirit. I really believe this is the area where people can get the most frustrated. Not understanding the soul, which is the mind, your will and emotions, and your spirit. See, change starts in your mind. If you can change your mind, you can change your life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it bears this out. Paul was writing in in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. This world, how many of you know, has a custom. This world has a, a pattern. And he says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed where? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, you cannot expand your world without expanding your thinking. You cannot live above your level of revelation. It's impossible to live out in front of what you think. You have to think it first and then you'll go. You have to get your mind out there before you get your life out there. Come on, can I hear a good amen? See, the level that I am able to live at or the level that I am able to think at will actually determine the magnitude of my life. Some people have a small life because they have small thinking. You can live in a small town and have small thinking, or you can live in a small town and have big thinking and big dreams. And let me just tell you, you can't outthink God. He is bigger than even your imagination, the Bible says. The Bible says that he can do more than you can even imagine or think. And I think that one of the challenges for us is that we think too small. We settle too small sometimes. Even as single people, looking at people, we we demean ourselves and we just settle instead of thinking big, instead of having a and say, God, this is what I want. This is what I feel in my heart. You know what we do? We, we, we settle. And so a person can live a small life. And why is that? Because their thinking is small. You know what? It's impossible to live beyond what you know. It's impossible to live beyond what you know. And you know what I've realized as a pastor, and just, again, maybe 20 years of youth ministry, and then now three years here at Passion Life Church, and in the church, I get to watch, this is what I love about being a pastor, I get to watch people grow. There's, there's nothing more fulfilling than watching people grow, watching people experience miracles. I, I love it. As a matter of fact, I've done a lot of traveling 
uh, doing youth conferences and speaking at other churches, and that's not really my thing. I, I don't like standing up before a congregation giving a message. You know, people get healed or saved. That's great. I love all that. But then I walk out the door, and I never get to see them again. My heart is pastoral. I like to be in people's lives and understand, hey, what are you going through? How can we help you? And then also seeing the growth. But, you know, the other side of that is watching people go through the same cycle for year after year after year. I know some people that are in the same place that they've always been. And you know why they're stuck in their life? Because they're stuck in their mind. Your life is a reflection of your thought life. If you can't get past some thoughts, your life will get stuck. And so people are stuck in their life because they are stuck in their mind. Come on, somebody. And I want to encourage you today in this Think series, I want you to know that there's more. There's more. But reality is, is that tomorrow... If we don't change how we think, tomorrow will be exactly like today unless we learn something different. We can do the same cycle and the same cycle. And listen, this is how you break poverty. You may have uh, or know people that, man, they're just stuck in a poverty mindset. Now, let me define poverty. Poverty has nothing to do with how much you have. Poverty has everything to do with what you do with what you have. I know people who have little and they're still stingy. I got one amen on that. I know people who are rich and are stingy. So it doesn't matter how much you have, it's what you do with what you have. But to break poverty, it's got to break in your mind first. If you want to break depression, you know where it starts? It starts in your mind first. And there cannot be a difference in your life until there's a difference in your thinking. There's got to be a difference in your thinking. Look what the Bible says. The Bible bear this out. It says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, as a person, as a man, thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Or let me say it this way. As a man's belief system is in his life, it will be reflected in his life. And so let's talk about the impact of your mind and on your spirit. Let's go back to the beginning. And we can understand this by how we were created. Did you find Genesis chapter 2, verse 7? Let's read it. And it says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man in whom he formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the what? What is that called? The tree of what? The, let's say that again. The tree of what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God in this garden of Eden, you probably already know the story, had all of these trees. He had a tree of life and then he also had the tree of the knowledge. That's going to be important today because we're talking about think in this series of the knowledge of good and evil. How many of you know it was God's, it was never God's will that you have the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week when we talk about strongholds in our life and in our mind. But so God has this tree of life. God told um, Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree, eat from all of the trees except one. 
the one of the knowledge of good and evil. And guess what they ate from? They ate your daddy, right? Our earthly daddy, I call him Adam, right? Our, our heavenly father is God, but our earthly daddy, Adam, ate from the tree. And there from down there, our mindset, there was a mindset that was put inside the earth. So let's look at you. Let's look at us as a being. How did God create you? God created you as a flesh. You have a flesh. This is your body. I like to call it temple. It's your temple. Where did this temple come from? You want to talk about how creative God is. God took dust and he made this temple. Come on, somebody. This is a temporary temple. I want you to hear this. This temple right here is not the real Phil Valdez. This is the temple that my spirit resides in. This temple will live only a certain amount of time on this earth. And then this temple will go back to the dust that it was created. Have you ever been at a funeral and they say ashes to ashes, dust to dust? That's what they're talking about. This right here. And it's amazing how much time, right, that we spend and we should spend on our temple. The Bible says that this is actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. That you and I, that this is a temple. So you have the body. Today I'm going to use for the sake of our discussion, I'm going to call that the flesh. This is the flesh. So this is a temporary house that God has given us. But then you also have a spirit. You have a spirit. Now, the Bible says this, that if you do not know Christ, if he has not come inside your heart, your spirit is dead. That word dead can mean separated from God. So there are a lot of dead people walking around, but they're alive. They're like zombies. They're like the walking dead, right? And their spirit is not alive unto Christ. But when Jesus comes on the inside of you, your spirit becomes alive unto him. This is important. I want to send a, set a foundation. Your spirit is the real you. Your spirit, this is important, is eternal. Your spirit will live on forever either with God or without him. People think that hell is going to be this huge party and that heaven's going to be boring because it's just going to be like some church service that they went to, right? And so it's just going to be boring. When actually, the Bible talks about hell being so dark, you will not even be able to stick your hand up in front of your face and see it. But here's the worst part about hell. The worst part of hell is you will live eternity without the presence of God. You and I, this is amazing, you and I, even on this earth, even people who don't know Christ have a sense of the presence of God because you're in their life. Let me try this side. So you and people that do not have, right, they don't know the presence of God. They have you in their life. And the Bible says you're the salt of the earth. So even now you as a Christian are preserving other people's life because of the salt that you are in their life. Come on, can I hear a good amen this morning? And so they even have that sense of some type of peace because you're in their life and you're speaking to them, loving on them. But hell will be none of that. Hell will be actually no presence of God. But see, I think that's the best part about heaven. Some people, it's the streets of gold, think it's the streets of gold. I think the best part about heaven is being face to face with our almighty God for eternity, the Bible says. Whew! If you can't get excited about that, you better because you're going to spend eternity there. Some of you may. Some of you may not. It all depends on what? On making a decision about inviting Jesus on the inside of you. And so your spirit is the real you that will live on to forever. Now, I will talk about this at another time. But eternity, ladies and gentlemen, has started. 
when Jesus comes into your life, he brings the God kind of life. Eternity is not just going to be in heaven. Eternity is in your heart. And Jesus is in your heart. So you have a flesh that is temporary and you have a spirit that is eternal. And then guess what you have? You have a soul, the Bible says. You have a mind. You have a mind. Now, your spirit is where the Holy Spirit dwells. You didn't get a little mini-me Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And guess what? On that inside of you, listen to the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 31 says this, that God has placed eternity in their hearts. Inside of your heart, God has placed eternity. So you have this flesh, you have your spirit, and then you have your mind. Your mind is the place of reasoning. Your mind is the place where you make choices. Your mind is where you have all of your past experiences. In your mind is where you have everything that everybody has ever told you is stored in your mind. It is better than any computer that you will ever own. I know some of you that may be hard to understand, but your mind is an incredible gift from God. And it can be used amazingly or it can be used destructively depending on what you put in it. So God has given us this mind. The Bible calls it the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. Now listen, so God created your spirit to relate to him. God created your body to relate to his creation. And God has created your mind to relate to both. So now in my mind, depending on the decisions that I make, it will determine how my life goes. Now, here's something that we all need to know about our mind. Guess what your mind has attached to it? The knowledge of what? Good and evil. Thank you, Adam. Right, there's gonna be a long line in heaven to talk to Adam. There's, I just wanna know if he had a belly button. That's all I wanna know. And then I will kindly move out of the line. But you know what? That's what people wanna know. Now, listen. This mindset of the knowledge of good and evil is passed down, right, from our earthly ad, uh, father, Adam. And let, let's talk about your soul. Let's talk about your mind, your mind, will, and emotions. Let me just tell you one thing, two things about your soul. Number one, your soul is incredibly selfish. Notice I didn't get any amens on that. Your soul is looking out for number one. And you're born with it, right? Those of us that have kids, Right? Again, thank you, Father Adam. Have you ever taught your kids to be stingy? I've never gone to a person's house and told my son, today I want you to be stingy. We're going to go for a play date. Please be stingy. I've never told him that. That comes from what? A mindset. Have you ever told your four-year-old how to lie? Have you ever taught him? Son, I'm going to tell you how to lie. This is how you do it. No. Their little creative genius comes up with excuses, right? Where does that come from? The knowledge of good and evil. That's why we have to train them up while they are young. So check out. I put this little diagram together because I think this is going to help us define that connection between our soul and our spirit. So here you have your flesh. Check this out. You have your flesh. The Bible says this about your flesh in Romans 7, 18. It says, in your flesh dwells no good thing. This no good thing. This is the temper. And then now you have your spirit. And look what the Bible says about your spirit. 
The Bible says in your spirit, your spirit delights in the Lord. Your spirit is delighting in the Lord. And then right in the middle, guess what you have? You have your, you have your mind. And so the battle, this is what I like to call the believer's battle is right here. Your spirit is buying for your mind and so is your flesh. Your flesh is pulling on your mind. And guess what it comes down to? Guess what the determining factor in your life is? It's in your mind. Let me say that again. Notice I did not say that the determining factor is in your spirit. I said the determining factor is in your mind. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So listen, so your flesh doesn't control where your life goes. Your spirit doesn't control where your life goes. Your mind becomes the determining factor of where my life goes. Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. I hope this will help us, again, make this connection. Listen to what Romans chapter, five, chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says. It says, for those who are according to the flesh, what do they do? What do they do? Come on, say it loud. For those who are of the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those that are according to the spirit, what do they do? They set their mind on the things of the spirit. So you have your flesh, this temporary thing. You have your spirit who is delighting in God. You have your flesh who is, there's no good thing in it. And they're all battling for your mind. And depending on where you set your mind will de depend how your life goes. So if I set my mind on the flesh that there is no good thing, I am going to find my life in a no good place. Why? Because that's where I set my mind. That's what happens when you embrace fleshly thinking. You know what's interesting is growing up in the church, my dad was a pastor, right? You go to church and as a teenager, you walk into a room like this, you see people worshiping and you would just look and I would just look at people and you would see people that just had a peace over their, their, their life and, and they would just sit there or, or stand there and worship, lift their hand and I'm looking at them and I'm going, my life is hell. How can you stand there like that and look like you are enjoying the presence of God? And this is what I thought and I think many people think this because they can look at somebody like that and go, maybe they're just lucky. Maybe God really loves them and doesn't love me. Maybe they're special. When it comes to God, maybe they're just special. But you know what? The Bible says it has nothing to do with any of those. It actually has everything to do with where you set your mind. It has everything to do with where you set your mind because you have people who set their mind on the flesh, but then you have people who are spirit filled and they are setting their mind on the things of the spirit. They want everything that God has for them. Do I have any of those type of people in the house today? Man, they're led by the spirit. You know why? You know why they're led by the spirit? They're led by the spirit because they set their mind on the spirit. Go back to Romans chapter eight. Let me read verse six. Listen to what it says. For the mind set on the flesh is death, is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Now here's the dilemma of the Christian life. 
Here is the dichotomy of the whole Christian life. See, that word death there, I think a lot of times we just think die, right? Now, you can set your life and your mind on the flesh. This flesh will end up killing you. You can, you can never please it. It's just never pleased. So that is a possibility of what this could mean, right? I mean, just, just do whatever your flesh does, whatever you feel. Just keep, keep living that way. And people, well, eventually the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But it's not always that way. What do I mean? That word death also means, I want you to hear this, it means separated from God. It means separated from God. Now, according to Romans chapter 6, I want you to really zoom in. I want you to focus. Come on, set your mind on the things of the Spirit for a moment. Because this is the dilemma that many Christians have. And this is why their life is not where God wants it to be. Because in their heart, listen, in their heart, they and their spirit is delighting in the Lord. But their flesh is not. So if you are focused and have your mind on the flesh, the Bible says the result of that is death. But yet in the spirit, there's life and peace. So I can have Jesus on the inside of me who is the prince of peace. I'm not talking about purple rain prince. I'm talking about the prince of peace. I can have him on the, listen, I can have him on the inside of me and I can be focused and set my mind on the flesh. And yet I am living separate from God. I don't have that peace and I I don't have that life. And it has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with where I've put my mind. So you have Jesus. See what people think sometimes is when Jesus comes inside your life, that automatically all of these things take place. Let me take you a couple of things that do take place. When he comes on in the inside of you, your spirit comes alive. And the Bible says, behold, all things become new on the inside of you. You are new on the inside. The problem is, is that your mind is not renewed and your mind has to be renewed, right? So here is the challenge. Here is the believer's battle. You wake up in the morning and you have destiny beating on the inside of you. You have eternity beating on the inside of you. You wake up and come on, you can say an amen if you agree this. With agree, You wake up in the morning and you know there's something more to your life than what you are currently experiencing. You know. You know what that is? That is eternity beating on the inside of you. Why? Because your spirit is so connected with God. Your spirit is connected to your destiny and your purpose. Your spirit knows your purpose. Your spirit knows your destiny. But you know what? Your mind does not know that. And so you can get up in the morning and destiny beating in your chest, right? Your spirit is tapping into eternity, but your mind does not understand it until your mind agrees with your spirit is when you begin to experience what God has for you. When you set your mind on the spirit, look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says. It says, for his spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and knows knows us or shows us God's deep secrets. I really believe that all of the answers are right in here because God is dwells on the inside of you. But you know what happens? Many times the connection is broken. The connection, your spirit understands And it's connected to God. But you know what? Your mind doesn't get it all because your earthly thinking comes from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So your spirit is going to press your brain 
until it agrees with it. But your flesh is also pressing your brain to agree with it. And here's the frustration. The frustration is not that the, it's what the spirit thinketh, right? The frustration is, is that a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. And for some people, they don't understand why am I not living the life that God has for me? Why, if he is so real, because you got to check on what's going on in your head. You got to get a checkup from the neck up. Come on, somebody. I'm really flowing now. You got to get a checkup from the neck up. So the problem is not God. Can we agree with that? You're like, I don't know the will of God. Well, he knows it. You don't know it. It's in your spirit. It's here. But we got to check the connection. Because God can have an amazing plan for your life. And some people never live that out because they never set their minds on spiritual things. Now, I'm not standing up here and saying, oh, this is so easy. But I could ask you this question. During the week, what do you feed the most? Do you feed your soul the most, your mind, your will, and your emotions? If I were to just take an inventory, how many times are you on Facebook this week, right? For some of you, if we could just charge you a dollar for every minute, right, and donate it to the church, my goodness, we would have our building. Just a minute for every minute this week that you spend on Facebook. And all I'm saying is that, what, that you're feeding your soul. So here comes your spirit along and your spirit is telling you what God is saying, but you have so built up your soul that the battle a lot of times goes to the soul because you fed it more than you fed your spirit. And so I like to say this, feed it, watch it grow, starve it, watch it die. See, because here's the second thing about your soul. Your soul needs to be submitted to your spirit. But many Christians, they live with their soul and their spirit submitted to their soul. And they wonder why God's not working in their life. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Where are you, God? And he is right there in the middle of you. You know what's interesting is that you can see and talk with people who are downtrodden. They're Christian people and they experience no joy. Now, notice I said they don't experience joy. I did not say they don't have joy because you have joy, but depending on how and where you set your mind will depend whether you experience it or not because the joy of the Lord is a, is a fruit of the spirit. You, you have joy. You have joy. Well, I just want to be happy. Well, you know what? Happiness is about happenings in your life. And if you're going to be happy, you're going to be up and down. But joy has a greater focus. It has an anchor in the hope and the person of Jesus Christ, right? That is how Jesus, that is how he endured the cross. The Bible said it was the joy that was set before him. So on the cross, how could Jesus experience joy? He set his mind on it. Nailing the nails in his hands and he's looking at the joy that is set before him. Joy was there, but he had to set his mind on it. And sometimes we're like, where's the joy? And God is like, it's right on the inside of you in your spirit. But because you have set your mind on the flesh, you're living like God doesn't even exist. And yet he's right there. Until you put your mind on spirit things. I put this in my notes. I put this. I put spirit living takes spirit thinking. Spirit living takes spirit thinking. 
And this is what I love about coming to church because in, during the week, you know, everything is going on. Culture is changing. That's why we have to be renewing our mind every day. Every day, culture just shifted, right? People don't know, should I go in the men's bathroom? Should I go in the girls' bathroom? Culture is shifting. And here's what we need to understand, right? Because now they're telling us if you don't agree with that, there's something wrong with you. If you don't agree with that, you're a hater. Can I just tell you, I'm not a hater. I don't drink the haterade. I love all people because Jesus loved me. But just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I don't love you. If you're not renewing your mind, guess what? Culture will start. I like to say this. You're either conforming or you're transforming. And if you're not transforming, you're conforming. And society doesn't care. They're aimed at your mind. The battle is in your mind. And you will conform if you don't transform by the renewing of your mind. I have to get in this word. My mind has to hear it. This week I heard five different preaching messages in my mind. The other day I was in a funk. I didn't hear, feel like hearing preaching. So I turned it on anyway and I said, ha, 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 soul, you don't own me. You don't got me. My spirit's going to make a decision. And my soul was going like this while I was on the treadmill and I'm like, I'm listening to preachers. And you know what my soul said? You went to church yesterday. I said, I don't even care. I'm putting this on because soul, you need to hear this. Because if you will set your mind on spiritual things, you can live a spirit-filled life. Whew, I feel spiritual. But I think that's where the frustration comes in. How come there's not more spirit? Oh, it's all there. It's all there. Listen to the scripture. The scripture the Lord gave me this morning. I wrote it down real quick. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. The idea that the enemy tells us is that we're lacking, right? I hear people, good Christian people here say, and I've experienced, I'm just so lonely. And the implication is that I'm alone. No, you're not alone. Jesus is with you. He never leaves you and he never forsakes you. The challenge is you feel alone because of where you set your mind. If you set your mind that Jesus is with you and goes with you every single, if you'll start tapping in, leaning into that, those feelings of loneliness have to go away. But look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And if you're taking notes, just jot this down. It says, his divine power has given us everything. You see that? Listen, his divine power has given you everything we need for a godly life. This is going to blow your mind, no pun intended, for this series. But God has given you everything, and it's in here. Now listen, he has given us, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through, what is that word? Come on, say it loud. What is that word? Through the knowledge, through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So it is possible to have everything in our spirit and not have the knowledge of how to apply it. In the Old Testament, the Lord said this, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You mean God's people? 
even the ones that are supposed to be victorious, the ones that are supposed to be taking on the devil, my people are perishing for what? A lack of knowledge. So and here, here's the reality. Your spirit positionally is perfect before Christ, but perfect before God because of Christ. When Jesus comes in your heart, listen, you come alive to him and God imparts his righteousness to you, his holiness inside of you. And so positionally, you're perfect before God. But conditionally, your life is determined by your thoughts. And so there are many Christians who positionally are perfect before God, but conditionally in their life, it's not reflected of that because the condition of your life is not determined by your spirit and how your spirit thinks. The condition of your life is determined by as a man thinketh in his heart. Is anybody here today? I don't know. I don't know if I, I may have driven down to the wrong church today. I don't know. And so I can have all the power, but not the knowledge. And that's where connecting to God's word. Today you're hearing messages and you know what? It's feeding your spirit. It's feeding your spirit. So when I'm thinking, my thinking agrees with my spirit. I experience what God has for me. I'm really drilling this one point today because I think we need it. Because there's many of us that are wondering why we don't experience what God has for us. And so to the level that your mind will know what God has will be the level that you will experience his spirit. Where do you get that from, Pastor Phil? Third John chapter two. Listen to this scripture. I never knew what the scripture meant, but now I understand it. It says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. So can I ask you a question? Does God want us to prosper. Okay. I got like 10 amen. So let me read it one more time. Beloved. Come on. I know it's right here. Come on, focus. I know some of you are at Sizzler right now about lunch, right? I know that's a good thought. All you can eat buffet. That's good, but it's not as good as this. Come on. Beloved. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Now, does it stop there? That's not what it's stop. It doesn't stop. Here's what it says even as your soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So God says, all in here, there's prosperity, there's health in your spirit, but you will experience that to, even as your mind is renewed to that. So even as my soul prospers, I will experience what God has for me. So the more that my mind and what I think is in agreement with God's spirit, I begin to experience conditionally the position that I have in Christ. Is this not good? This is so good. So now people's conditions haven't changed because they haven't changed their mind. And it is possible to be in church for 20 years and God's spirit be inside of you and never experience what God has for you because you will not renew your mind. 
Listen, I don't want to hear how mad you are at your life if you're not willing to change the condition of your mind. This is why it's so important that we come to church. This is why it's so important we put God's word before us. That's why we have life group. Listen, you need to get in there. You need, because culture is saturating us with these, the, with the, what they think, what whoever thinks. But you know what? God has a way that will, will always be right. But I got to think like he thinks. And let me just say, my church family, God's thinking is so radical to our culture's thinking. And really, but in reality, it's not so radical. Love one another. Forgive. No. I'm going to hold on to this. Even if I get bitter and I have arthritis and cancer, I'm going to hold on. Let it go. Let it go. God's thinking is so much. And so if we don't renew, what's going to happen? There are people who are experiencing, good Christian people, who are experiencing exactly what the world is experiencing. You know why? Because they will not renew their mind. Oh, they're going to heaven. Listen. And and I love people like, oh, do I still go to heaven after this? It's not just about heaven. It's about here. It's about walking in what God has for you right here on this earth. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, and here's where we close. It says, set your mind on the things of above. Set your mind not on the things of this earth. The human mind is so wonderful that God is, it's fascinating. And if you'll allow God to change your mind, if you'll allow God to change your mind, he can change your life. He can change your life. I wish my church family, growing up, somebody would have told me a message like this. I've been in the church for years and nobody ever talks about this. We talk about being spirit led. And even here at Passion Life Church, we did a whole series on the voice. We talked about being spirit led. We talked about hearing his voice, about when your spirit prays. We talked about all of that. But you know what? Your mind is just as important as your spirit. Can I hear a good amen? And so we need to start thinking of the spirit instead of just thinking of carnal things. So you know what I started to do? Because I listened to my own advice. Great revelation for everybody. Start listening to your own advice. All the advice you're telling your friends, start listening to it. Come on, somebody. So I take my message and I listen to myself. And I'm like, man, this is good stuff. This guy should be a pastor when he grows up. So you know what we started doing in our house? Because you can get out of bed and say, oh, this week's going to be tough. And you know what? The week's going to be as tough as you say it's going to be because you set it, because you set your mind on how tough the week is going to be. And this week's going to be stressful. Yeah, it's going to be stressful because that's where you set your mind. And we're going to talk about stress and all that and how, you know what, and all the things that it does to your mind. So many diseases, all of that is right here in your mind because we don't function the way God wants us to function. But you know what I started doing? I started getting up and we did it today. Today is going to be a beautiful day because according to God, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause today. It is the day today. Well, it's a little cloudy today. It is the day. Well, El Nino is coming. Come on, it's only going to last for three hours. Come on, somebody. 
This is the day. Well, you know what, Pastor Phil? And here's what happens. Listen, you are blessed because Jesus is in. Well, I just don't feel blessed. I don't look blessed. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with how you set your mind. God has not changed, but our minds keep changing. You know, I was talking with this person and we were talking about, he was telling me that he's inviting people to church and people aren't coming. And this is what he said. He says, but all of my friends are agnostic. A lot of my friends are atheists. And I said, yeah, they're atheists until there's a crisis in their life. And for some people, and I want you to hear my heart, it's sad. For some people, it comes to this before they realize it comes to a place where they hit rock bottom and they have no resources, no person, and the only, no people in their life. And the only thing they can do is look up to heaven and acknowledge God. Now, I want you to hear my point. I love atheists and God loves atheists. That's not my point. My point is this. And in that moment, when they cry out to God, God will always be there. He will love them. And I want you to hear this. God never changed. What changed? their mindset. God has been waiting on them all along. But you can sit here and tell yourself that there's no God. You can sit here and live that way. But there is a God, ladies and gentlemen. And until you set your mind on those things, listen, there is provision for your life. You need to start setting your mind on it in Jesus' name. There is joy and there is peace. You need to start setting your mind on those things. Listen, stop setting your mind on lack. Stop setting your mind on bills, bills, bills. And start setting your mind on the Father who loves you and he wants to provide for you. Come on, somebody. But where is your mind? Where is your mind? Would you stand with us today? I just want to close our eyes as we close out the service. Did you learn something today? Can we just close our eyes for just a moment? Can we just take a moment? Our, the mind is such a beautiful gift that God has given us. But can I just ask you this question? Can you just evaluate for a moment? Close your eyes for just a moment in this last minute. You know, the Bible talks about meditation. That's not something that some yoga instructor came up with. God came up with that. That through meditating on his word, that we replay his word in our mind. We meditate it. God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Think about it. Revolve it in your mind. If everyone just close your eyes for just a minute. And the reason why I do that, because it helps us focus. See, one of the ways we can evaluate what we're thinking is by evaluate what we're feeling. Come on, somebody. Because your mind controls your emotions and your emotions feel the way they do because you are thinking the way that you do. And if I were to say, look, what have you been feeling lately? We can trace that back to a thought. And so this morning, if we can just evaluate what's been going on in our mind, Come on, how much fleshly minded have we been this week? And I, I'm not just talking about sin. I'm just talking about, man, taking our minds off of the things of God and, and wondering why things aren't working. Let's set our mind this morning. Set our mind on spiritual things. Just for a moment, in the last couple moments. Listen, can you just set your mind for a moment on how much God loves you? Forget about the people that don't love you, who have rejected you. Just for a moment, set your mind on how his unconditional love 
is for you today. Set your mind on that. What about this morning, just setting our mind on how forgiven we are because of what Jesus did. Some of you need to hear that today. You are forgiven because of Jesus and the cross. Set your mind on how beautiful he is. Let's set our mind today on how he is our provider. And every good and perfect gift comes from him today. Come on, set your mind today that he is your peace. The Bible says that there is a peace that goes beyond all our understanding that guards our hearts and our minds. Peace in Jesus' name. Peace in this storm. Whatever you're going through, peace we speak in Jesus' name. Let me just tell you by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just sense that maybe some of you right now are in a storm and I just want you to know you're not in that storm alone. You have the, the Prince of Peace who is in your boat. And the waves may crash against you. The Bible talks about in the Old Testament, the waters may rise, but they will not overflow. You'll walk through the fire, but you will not be burned in Jesus' name. Set your mind. Listen, you're going through. You're going up. Set your mind for a moment. He's your healer. Not about the healing. Set your mind on the healer today. Not the symptoms, not the pain. On him. Come on, just see him touching your body. See yourself being made whole in Jesus' name. See yourself doing things that you've never done before. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 